Well, hello everyone and welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, the message is for Sunday, July the 17th, 2022. My name is Melvin Gaines and we appreciate you being here today. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our message that's going to talk about maturity in Christ. It's one of the messages I've been doing as a series and it's very important for us to keep an open mind, amen, as we listen to this message and recognize that I'm going to be speaking specifically about believers and what they can do as they mature in their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer and we will get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given to us to just sit quietly now and hear the Spirit speak to us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement and we thank you for your truth. And Lord, may we accept your truth and listen to your truth that it changes our hearts and minds if we are not acting in a manner that is honoring you. And we give you thanks and praise for what you are giving to us because you know we know, Lord, that you love us and that you care about us very much and you want to have a strong and vibrant relationship with us. We thank you, give you praise for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you have already heard about the television term sweeps and how important it is for television viewership and how stations and networks measure their programming. Um, we've heard the term before sweeps week, but it has since morphed into periods of time that stretch over a month and it happens four times a year or quarterly. The newest name to refer to these periods uh, may be referred to as the Nielsen survey dates, but I prefer to use the term sweeps. Sweeps have been in existence since the very beginning of TV viewer preference measurement. The measurement periods are called sweeps because Nelson Media Research mails out diaries to certain households around the country and then collects and processes the diaries in a specific order. The diaries from the Northeast regions are processed first and then swept up in a geographical progression throughout the U.S. And then it goes to the South, and then it goes to the Midwest, and then finally to the West. The standard sweep months are November, February, May, and July of each year. This was and still is the old school approach that sets the tone for determining viewership during a designated time period. I was actually one of the Nielsen households many years ago. Sweeps are used to beef up commercial advertising dollars for TV stations surrounding their programming, and that creates a vital increase in revenue. Media research is worth billions of dollars. Advertisers pay to air their commercials on TV programs using rates based on Nielsen's data. Programmers also use Nielsen's data to decide which shows to keep on the air and which ones to cancel. A lot rides on television programming today because of the growing options for how viewers determine what to watch and when they choose to watch. You can only watch one thing at a time and television dollars are significantly impacted by those who decide to stream or those who decide to cut the cable altogether. The competition and the dollars at stake is fierce. In the same way, the competition for the attention of people within the church is fierce. 
I'm not speaking about those who are unchurched, although that is an important issue for sure. I'm speaking about members and attendees within the church. One of the greatest challenges in today's church is the reality that there are a number of things that compete for the attention of our church members. Just sit in a church on Sunday morning and you'll see what I mean. The list is as long as you could readily imagine. Your daily routine can be enough to derail your daily Bible reading. And even the regular practice of going to church does not assure that a believer will get into his word where they should be and stay in it. Let's discuss, shall we? First of all, I can't stress enough how important it is for each one of us, personal company included, to stay immersed in the word the same way that we take a relaxing shower or bath. And why not use that comparison? Jesus said that he had the living water. Amen? Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 7. Let's take a look at verses 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verse 37, starting there. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your Bible. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. In verse 39, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. The spirit is the believer's daily companion that prompts you to stay in the word. Amen. Staying in the word is how we care for ourselves and care for each other. But we still have to listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. And we have to act on it too. Amen. This may be a touchy subject, but for many of us in church, it is natural to want to have fellowship with each other and especially considering after we've had a very tough couple of years when we were quarantined. Please consider that our scheduled Bible classroom time needs to be spent in the Word and to be in discussion with others present. It is how we learn about what Jesus is teaching us as we deal with life and whatever is thrown at us. Now, to be clear, our time in a group Bible study is not just about the fellowship. A scheduled Bible study works best when all of its participants prepare by reading and studying the lesson plan before you get together. You, your input in these studies is good for you, but it also helps and encourages others. That is where the fellowship with active participation promotes meaningful sharing as we learn and grow in Jesus Christ. Now this comment may be even touchier. Here's a question for you. Are you using your time as a believer in church for fellowship with Jesus or just for the group fellowship? It's good to have the fellowship and meet with others, 
but I sense that there is a lot of room for improvement for all of us to get into the Bible more and more. If you want to be able to endure whatever the world throws at you, then let's get into the Word. Amen. How do you fight the world's never-ending distractions or even Satan himself? You are to put on the full armor of God. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians 6. We're going to look at verses 10 through 18. And this will be from the New International Version, but I want you to listen very carefully about the effort that needs to take place for you as a believer to put on the full armor of God and what that represents and all the time that it represents as well, too, because it takes time to do these things, right? Preparation requires time. But let's look at what it says here in the passage, starting at verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take your stand. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Look at what we're up against. Verse 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and then after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in addition to all of this, all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You've got to be in the word. That's part of your armor that you're putting on. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, about making all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It's not just about you. You're praying for everyone that you know in the fellowship, everyone in your family, any, everyone that you know. You're also lifting them up in prayer before the Lord. That's what putting on the armor requires. It requires effort. But always know that Jesus tells us to come to him with our focus. And thankfully, coming to him is not a burden at all. Look at what it says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And this is also the NIV version as well. Verse 28, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We must take our church time seriously. We spend about 90 minutes in church on Sunday, and it should be an opportunity to recharge our hearts and minds. And thankfully, 
Jesus being this light burden helps us with that very thing. I love the words of Jesus and his gentleness and his humility. He makes it easy for us when we seek after him. Let's make the most of our time as we fellowship together in worship and praise of Jesus Christ. We make the most of our time by being practical in our faith and practicing self-care. Self-care. You'll sometimes find the words word self-care hyphenated, self-care. Well, what is self-care? In its simplest terms, self-care is anything that you do to take care of yourself so you can say physically, mentally, and emotionally well. I would like to think that for the past couple of years and beyond that, you've been practicing this very thing, self-care. These are things we should all be doing. And a lot of that, quite frankly, involved shutting out all the noise around us and making sure that we were paying attention to the Lord very specifically in our prayers. Now, self-care has nothing to do with self-indulgence or selfishness, using that word self, especially if we are looking at the importance of humility and if we're avoiding gluttonous behavior. Well, gluttonous behavior is sinful, and if you're not being humble, then you're being arrogant or you're being abrasive to someone. Amen? Self-care is taking care of yourself in order to be healthy and be at your best in caring for others every day. That's self-care. Now, self-care, of course, is more than just a physical or mental approach. I'm taking the liberty to emphasize the importance of self-care in the power of Jesus Christ. That's where we always want to come down. The world may have a view on how to do self-care, but we need to do self-care with Christ in mind. Why? He gives us this direction in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6 and let's take a look at verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 19. This is the New Living Translation. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. We all have a responsibility to live in such a manner, act in such a manner where we're giving God the glory. We can't do that by being quiet. We can't do that by sitting by ourselves in church and not speaking to people. We need to be in fellowship, but being in fellowship, giving praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at some practical ways for us to mature in our faith in Jesus Christ and look at how we can make the most of our self-care in Jesus as we live in a Christ-like manner. Let's use the word care as an acronym and learn how we can build upon what we already know while putting aside those things that distract us. And that's the whole point of this. What distracts us from focusing on Jesus? A lot of things, amen? Let's find ways now to put the focus on Christ and put aside those things that do distract us from our focus on Jesus Christ. 
first letter in the care is the word C, the letter C, the word is capture that we're going to use. Capture. What are we capturing? Our valuable time and our thought life. Spending time with Jesus is of the utmost importance, but you also have to consider your attitude as you go about it. Your attitude. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. And you'll see this word in a form here in this passage. But we want to capture the time we need to spend time with Jesus. That's either in the morning or in the evening. Whatever that time is, is whatever you come up with on your own in prayer with the Lord. But we also want to make sure that we have the proper approach as we go about it. And not just go through the motions. Amen? Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10. This is the NIV version. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our thought life can be all over the place, amen? And it's a distraction. We have to recognize that for what it really is. Our thought life can really mess with us, and we have to take captive those things, every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. So if we don't make the choice to capture our thought life, to earnestly seek Jesus, it's like going into battle without God's armor. You're already in trouble without God's armor, amen? And so we have to make sure our thought life is matches up with our desire to seek after Jesus Christ. You need to decide to make the time for Jesus while focusing on your obedience to Jesus. That covers a lot of ground. But if you're earnestly seeking him, he's going to show you how to get it done. Amen? He's going to show you what you need to get it done. Take it captive, your thought life. Bring yourself to a place where you're not distracted by thoughts, you're not distracted by a lack of focus, but you're focusing on Jesus Christ as you spend time in the Word with him. And it's not enough, by the way, to find time to read. It has to be done not by going through the motions, but living with humility, with an open mind to the truth and the spirit. The A in care is going to be represented by the word absorb. Absorb. Absorption is to soak up the word and listen to the living water of the spirit as you go. Soak it up like a sponge, amen? That's what the living water is and and. It's the Spirit, and we want to take that and soak it up. This is your daily process of reading and studying the Word as the investigator. When we talk about living in God's image, the I in image is to be an investigator. You're not just reading the Word, but you're studying the Word. You're getting deeper and deeper into the Word. You're an investigator. Do you remember what I said earlier about having an open mind to the truth? Take a look at this. Go to Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Acts 17, verse 11. And this is, uh, I'm going to read the version from the New Living Translation. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. 
all of us as believers need to have this very attitude as we look at scripture, look at the daily messages that we hear, the things that we hear about um, when it comes to the word is concerned, Sunday messages, whatever it is. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Do you search the scriptures? Do you corroborate what you've heard with God's truth? When it comes to your study of scripture, take it all in and let it flow through you. But make sure you go back and look at it as well, too. And sometimes what do we have to do? We have to go back into the word and look at reminders, don't we? Those reminders encourage us because of God's truth. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Teach and counsel each other. Remember what I said about Bible study time? We're there to learn from Jesus. So we need to be prepared to speak to others about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Teach and counsel. You've got to be in the studies. You've got to take part in those studies. The R in care here is request. Request. Remember what we said earlier about uh, making requests to God. Studying God's word helps you to develop your prayer life and take it to new levels as you go. Why? It's because the Spirit gives you the words. He helps to provide the words for your prayers. He gives you the words for your petitions. You gain experience in prayer as you go. You learn it by doing it. So keep it up with your requests to God. Amen? Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, a very familiar passage. Don't worry about anything. This is a New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Everything. And I've even overlooked that in reading this passage before. Pray about everything. There's nothing off limits that you should be praying about. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Amen? And then verse 7, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What would it take you for you to just actually live out that passage? Will it take some changes in your life? Will it create greater understanding as you get into God's word? Of course it will. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. How many different times... Are we going to hear in Scripture how we're to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion? Just like it says, Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You're not just praying for yourself and your own needs, but you're praying for people around you. The church family, your family members. It's a regular daily and sometimes more than once daily prayer for these individuals as it comes to mind, as the Spirit brings these things to mind. That's maturity in Christ. That's what you want. Even when you're not sure how to pray, go to the Lord anyway. 
the Spirit knows what you want. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Let's take a look at what it says there. Romans 8, 26. And I think some of us hold back from prayer because we aren't quite sure what to say. Well, why are you doing that? Look at what it says in Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Amen. Hey, either way, whether you know how to pray or whether you don't, you've got nothing to lose. If you don't pray, you won't know how God can answer you. So start with the prayer. Amen. Make your request to God and see what he does in your life. You know what? He might just surprise you with his goodness if you just take the time and focus on prayer. The E in the word care is going to represent the word energize. Energize. The everyday wear and tear of life can be a distraction for each of us making the effort to live in a Christ-like manner. Sometimes we just get tired, don't we? It's in those moments that we are to pray for the Spirit to lift us up, pray for energy, and the desire to grow more and more in Jesus. When we get tired, we should rest. Amen? Jesus did the same thing, but he always prayed. He always prayed for power from the Lord to do what he does. He relied upon him. We're going to look at a passage that's relatively familiar, at least in one portion of it. Isaiah chapter 40. Let's look at Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. I want to read this passage. I want you to see that we should be praying for God to give us power because it's he's the source of our power. Amen? Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. This is the English Standard Version. Verse 28, Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But verse 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who are we talking about? The people that call on the Lord. He will give them strength. Amen. And we need it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. I'm going to read verse 11 and then verse 29, um, just for the effect here. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. And then verse 29. For, I, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. God is working within us when we call upon him. He gives us the energy. He gives us strength. And of course, a passage that we all should have memorized, Philippians 
I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. Amen? He's our strength. When is the last time you prayed for God's energy? Prayed for God's strength? For some of us old-timers, and I'm talking about me, that may be the first thing that you've prayed for. Amen? But in any situation, God is ready to give you the energy that you need to serve Jesus to the best of your ability. I can't emphasize this enough. Keep praying and never stop. Write those words down, highlight them, underline them. Keep praying and never stop. This is what we need to do. I think I've said this in a previous message a month ago, and I'm pretty sure I've said it in a message the month before that. We've got to keep praying. We've got to stay in prayer. God commands us, tells us, implores us, preaches to us. Stay in prayer. Stay focused on him. Don't stop praying. These are the things that you must do to care for yourself and overcome distractions in order to live effectively for Jesus Christ. The people of the church, the people of our church, must continue to grow in Jesus and stay the course. Always practice self-care in Christ to be your best in Christ. Amen. The care word. C for capture. Capture your time and your thought life. A for absorb. Absorb God's word as your life water. R for request. Request what you need from him. E for energize. Energize through the spirit in prayer. Self-care in Jesus is the best way to live in obedience to him. You can do all things in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Take care of yourself. Live in such a manner where you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And in our fellowship together, be ready and prepared to encourage others. Be ready to speak and encourage others. Get into the word. Stay in the word. And thank the Lord for what he's doing for you in your life. John 16, says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Father, we just thank you that you indeed are our overcomer. You have helped us through a very tough time in our lives, and you still continue to do so. And Lord, we want to be prepared for anything and everything that Satan throws our way. Lord, gird us up. Thank you for the armor of God. But thank you, Lord, that we can come directly to you as a source. Your burden is easy. And we thank you, indeed, that you are there for us as we seek after you. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to mature in our faith. Thank you for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the reminders to just stay focused on you. There are so many things that distract us. 
The world does not want us to have fellowship with you. The world wants us to be distracted, take the focus off. Satan wants us to be distracted. Lord, we pray that you help us to energize us, to keep us in the place where you would have us to be. And we thank you, Lord, for your teaching. We thank you for your promises. Bless us and keep us, Lord, moving forward. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today for another message from Akron Lions Fellowship Church. Practice that self-care in Jesus Christ. Grow in Christ. Grow richly in Christ. Amen. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.